Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I'm not wearing pants right now. Ha ha ha. The funniest quarantine joke that everyone keeps making in every Zoom call that's ever happened. (laughs) Who are you, friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator, a sex blogger, and I keep having to take Zoom calls with my, like, kink gear in the background. And I always feel like it comes across as a weird power move, but it's really the only backdrop I have in my house. <laughs> like, it's just, I have one desk, one place to sit, and that's what it faces. Mm-hmm. I've moved to using my cat's uh, cat tree as a standing desk, so then you get to see my bookshelf instead. It switches things up a little bit. Yeah, but it's got all these sex books on it. Did you see? Did yeah, I but you can't you? see the detail. Well, okay, that's good. We yeah. we watched this, um, there was like a celebration Zoom thing for uh, Stephen Sondheim's 90th birthday, and one of the singers like did her whole song with her bookshelf behind her, and there was a book that quite clearly and legibly said Irish erotic art, and everyone on Twitter <laughs> was like freaking out about it. It was so great. Excellent. Yeah. Love that. Good times. Yeah, this has nothing to do with the topic of our show, really. I just felt like making that joke off the top because I'm so tired of people being like, they could have no pants on. It's like, yeah, I, I feel like it's so often like people of my parents' generation making this joke and they think that they've like coined it and I'm just, I've grown tired of it. <laughs> I was taking Zoom calls without pants on before quarantine started, okay? <laughs> I think if you were to somehow tally up the percentage of like Dildorks recordings for which I have been wearing pants, I think it would be vanishingly low. Like I would venture to guess 20% or lower. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I wear a lot of sweatpants. Yeah. But like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> the quarantine uniform. Okay. So uh, we're nearing the end of masturbation month and we decided to do another masturbation Q&A because I did have so many left over from the last time I asked y'all for questions about this. Uh, it's amazing how like masturbation is sort of this basic square one thing that like almost every sex educator talks about and advocates for. And yet people still have all this shame about it and all these questions about it. And uh, hopefully we can shed some light on some of this stuff. I do think part of it is that because it is such a seemingly basic thing and because there is so much advocation for it, but a lot of it just becomes as masturbation, do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which, excellent advice. However, I'd like to delve. Yeah. Uh, My friend Eva, who's a sex researcher and also a YouTuber who runs the channel What's My Body Doing, has a video that's like, masturbation tips for vulvas like how to masturbate if you have a vulva basically and um at the time I was like that is so amazing because like people do need that but as you said it's like not the kind of thing I I feel like I just don't see very much of it and like when I was a kid well maybe I shouldn't say I was a kid because it's gonna be a sex thing story but (laughs) youth have sexuality sometimes when you discovered masturbation the day you turned 18 when that knowledge appeared in your brain yeah i never even put my hand in my panties before that what would be the point you your genitals didn't have a sexuality yeah um no but i used to go to these websites that had like vast user compiled databases of masturbation techniques and they were split by 
genders and they were very like cisgender oriented obviously but like um you could just find techniques using any implement or method that you had ever dreamed up and then you would also i would just like scroll through and kind of like make mental notes at my like family computer on the main floor and then just like go upstairs to my room and try a bunch (laughs) of stuff sometimes i was like probably making actual notes like in a notebook (laughs) I'm just picturing that you there just like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, ah, okay, mm mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, I never thought about doing it that way. (laughs) Um, But so kind of along those lines, the first question I have here, uh, someone just asked, like, do you have any tips for using vibrators if you have a vulva? Which is, uh, again, one of those things that a lot of people would just say, well, just do it. And it's true that there is more kind of nuance to it than that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say, like, probably the main thing that I had to learn when I first started using vibrators was that uh, I had always pictured that I would just like turn it on, hold it in one spot and like not really mess with it and just leave it Mm -hmm. there like until I orgasm basically. Cause I feel like that's often the, like what you see in at least like mainstream movies and TV show depictions of vibrators. And -hmm. what I learned is that if I do that, like even if the vibrator is a really good vibrator, I will tend to go numb far before I reach orgasm. So my biggest tip is like uh, experiment with taking breaks or moving it around um, or changing the settings up or uh, switching back and forth between the vibe in your hand. Like I think a lot of people are scared off of vibrators by uh, holding it in one place and experiencing numbness and that can totally Mm -hmm. be a bummer. I'd also encourage you to if you have access to different toys to experiment with different types of toys, but even if you have only one, uh, oftentimes depends on the toy, obviously, but oftentimes you can look at a toy and notice that there are different surface areas. So there might be something that is like thinner and more pinpoint. Like if we're Mm -hmm. talking about a bullet vibe, we're maybe looking at the tip of that Mm -hmm. or a like flatter palm vibe might have something along the side, whereas other sides might be broader and flatter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So experiment with touching the different surfaces of the toy. Um, two different parts of your vulva if you have one vibrators Mm -hmm. are great for bodies with penises as well yeah um but like even if your clit's small it has sides right (laughs) you can access it through the hood well people don't think of that right no i know i'm I'm laughing because i have that i'm laughing because i have that one story about that i got i asked a guy (laughs) to touch the side and he he reacted as if that was unthinkable which i i guess like if you think something is two-dimensional and someone introduces the idea that it's three-dimensional i guess for a second your mind would be blown (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like so you you can access one side you can you know place more or less pressure on one side or another. You Mm -hmm. can access through the hood um, towards the top or like pulling the hood back and right on the head of your clit. You can focus vibration on like your labia and avoid the clit altogether or, Mm -hmm. you know, have vibration along the side of it because that is going to carry through your skin, right? Yeah. Um, You can experiment with putting fabric between you and the vibe if Mm -hmm. you find it's overwhelming no matter what you do. Yeah. Um... I think that the direct versus indirect piece is such a key piece of information that so many people Mm -hmm. with vulvas are missing. And I see this all the time, like in people writing to me or posting on the sex subreddit, like clit simulation hurts. What do I do? Um, And it's sort of like if you told a person with a penis that like the only acceptable way to masturbate was to like rub the head of their dick very hard 
for the entire duration of the session. Like, I feel like this is often sort of how uh, vulva masturbation is presented or, or just like vulva stimulation in general. It's like, go right for the mm-hmm. tip of the clit, the exposed part. And it's like, to me, a few things more horrifying to me than imagining <laughs> doing that. <laughs> like, it's not only not pleasurable, it's actively horrible. Mm-hmm. So definitely and- experiment with indirect simulation because it could change your experience quite a lot. Absolutely. And the only other thing I'd add to that is that vibrators don't have to be played with in a vacuum. Um, so that would be weird. Isn't... <laughs> well, okay. It would. And um, also, uh, it like you can experiment with other types of stimulation, right? If you're playing with a partner, they can go down on you while using a vibrator on you, right? Mm-hmm. You can experiment with using your hand and a vibrator. So you have that diffuse uh, stimulation from the vibrator that might be, um, you know, maybe you have the vibrator on your holes and you're playing with your clit with your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll still enjoy that vibration without it being as direct or feeling exactly the same as you might be used to with that particular toy Mm -hmm. i would also add another thing that helped me especially as i got older and it started to take me longer to come is i now like to wait a while before i bring out the vibrator like a lot of either like touching around that genital area or like watching porn or watching erotica or or you can't really watch erotica um or all of the above uh and I, I just, like, wait until I'm, like, pretty raring to go before bringing out the vibrator because I, I just know for my own body, like, I'm working with a particular period of time before I start to lose sensitivity. So I want to, you know, make the most of that. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, this almost goes without saying for us as sex toy reviewers, but it is worth saying. Um, if your vibrator sucks and like you fully might not know that it sucks if you uh, haven't like spent a ridiculous number of hours reading sex reviews like I have, um, if it's not a good vibrator either uh, for you or in general, like uh, that can definitely affect your experience. And I would say like don't you know reject the entire concept of vibrators based on one if possible. Um, because there's so many that are buzzy, which means like surface level vibration that can cause much faster numbness and just like isn't as stimulating for many people. So like, you know, give it a shot with a different vibrator if you're able to do that. Yeah. And if you're wondering if your vibrator sucks or if you just hate vibrators um, (laughs) and you don't have access to necessarily like going through and trying a bunch or the time to go through a bunch of reviews Mm -hmm. even just stopping by once they're open again your local sex shop in many places even if they don't have a knowledgeable staff they will have products out that you can hold Mm -hmm. and you can just get acquainted with the different ways those vibrators feel and uh just kind of get an understanding of the nuance of vibration because if you don't do this it may not occur to you Mm -hmm. the different ways that can feel you know Yeah. Uh, Another thing that uh, is important to mention, I think a lot of people don't think to use lube when they're just doing external stuff. It actually Mm. can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for external vulva stuff, I would tend toward uh, either a silicone based if your vibrator uh, is uh, tested to be compatible with that. So like do a spot test if your vibrator is silicone to make sure it doesn't fuck up the silicone Um, Mm -hmm. or like a an oil that is safe for vaginal use. I don't entirely know the science on this, but I know a lot of people use coconut oil or almond oil. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think if you're just using it externally, it's unlikely to cause infections like some people report, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to your body, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it, it kind of just adds some, like, uh, cushioning through lubrication. So it's kind of like uh, if you were holding a jackhammer against your bits, maybe that would feel a little bit better if your bits were oiled up. <laughs> I was trying to think of a metaphor that would help explain this, and that actually didn't help I usually, at all. <laughs> well, my go-to is kind of gross, but uh, the fluid in between your joints that mm. have that cushion so that your bones aren't just banging up against each other all day. Um, <laughs> just be walking around making a clattering noise. That's hot. <laughs> just a clanky skeleton. Um, <laughs> skeleton in a meat suit. Anyway. Um, Thinking about see, mortality and- a little bit these days, I guess. <laughs> um, so for me, I, I find that uh, a lot of folks recommend and enjoy silicone and oil-based lubes. And for me, I tend towards something a little bit thicker. So I do the uh, Sliquid Hybrid Lube, which is mostly mm-hmm. water-based with a little bit of silicone in it. I find the mm-hmm. silicone adds a little bit of silkiness to it and a little bit of smoothness, um, while a water-based lube is generally going to be thicker. So mm-hmm. it's going to give me a little bit more of that cushion, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that was a pretty good primer on vibrator usage. Yes. Um, and, and I should add also, like, I think a lot of those same tips apply if you have a penis. Um, you know, indirect versus direct stimulation is going to be pretty different. Uh, mm-hmm. Lubrication is likely to make things feel better. Um, probably a lot of the same numbness issues can be a risk. Um, and a reminder from last week, in case you missed this, the numbness caused by vibrations is only ever temporary. So do not worry that you're going to like fucking ruin your nerve endings. All right. The next question I have is, can I use masturbation to train myself to be better at sex? And I feel like I hear this most often from cis men who, I mean, there's even like a product that Fleshlight makes called the Stamina Mm. Training Unit, which is supposed to be so much more stimulating than a vagina that if you use it on a regular basis, I guess with a regimen of like edging and learning self-control tactics that uh, eventually, uh, you know, staying uh, like fucking a vag for a long time will be easy comparatively. I don't really know uh, if that's true or not. I know that I had a partner once who really liked the salmon training unit just like as a toy without trying to like make it into some kind of bro-y <laughs> athletic training endeavor. Uh, what do you think about this? So like I, my first thought with this is like define better at sex because like, I mean, yeah, the more you do something, the better understanding of it you have, and the better at it you'll probably be. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if the assumed definition is you'll be able to last longer, and like, yeah, the more times you come, the better understanding you're going to have of your own arousal process. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, just jerking off every day isn't going to do that, right? You're going, you need to be intentional and, you know, noticing things and actually conscientious aware and moving towards a particular practice, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to learn to come in more, like, in different ways that you want to be able to do with a partner and you haven't been able to do yet, right? Maybe in different positions or things like that. Mm -hmm. Sure, you can do that and practice that while alone, and that may make you feel better at sex. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, I I think 
there's a lot of interrogation that can go into what particularly you're asking here Mm -hmm. um, and how you're defining being better at sex and what standards you're holding yourself to. Uh, But yeah, I think a solo sexual practice is a great way to be more conscientious about your own sexuality, which is going to in turn make you a better partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think like there's a lot of, especially dudes who seem to be looking for some kind of magic bullet that is going to improve their physical uh sexual skill and i think like Mm -hmm. what masturbation gives you that's really valuable is like mental sexual skills um like you said like an awareness of your arousal process and just like to tease out a little bit more about like what that actually means in practical terms like i think Mm -hmm. masturbating a lot will give you a sense of like when you're hitting that point of no return or like when orgasm is imminent Um, it'll also give you a sense of like how long you need to wait if you're trying to back off and then like get back to a pre-orgasmic point. Um, it'll just give you like a, a greater awareness of your own physiological responses. Um, and I also think that's true if you have a vulva, although like just because of how our cultural norms tend to, you know, view these things, there might be different goals in mind. Or there might not. Like, I do know people with vulvas who are like, damn, like, I come once and I'm done. How can I not make that happen so fast? <laughs> uh, reject sexual scripts, you know? Um, I think uh, it's worth thinking about if you want to be better at sex, like like you said, what does that mean for you? What are your goals? Um, mm-hmm. And then you can think about how you can masturbate in a way that might help you out with that. I do also think, like, a regular and creative masturbatory practice is going to help you learn more things that you're into and more ways to get off and experiment with different parts of your body and how those like to be touched. Mm -hmm. And subjectively, I find those people more fun to have sex with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I think, like... This I actually hear this a lot. From, I've been on the sex subreddit a lot lately. So when I'm hearing, I mm-hmm. hear this a lot. What I'm really saying is I see this a lot on there. But I hear from a lot of men who are like, I want to please my girlfriend. But like when I ask her what she likes, she doesn't really know. Um, mm-hmm. And so often this gets like toxically blamed on the woman. And like, uh, that's, I mean, if she doesn't know what she wants, it's very likely due to cultural shame and other factors. Um, but yeah, like knowing what you like and what gets you off is super helpful. I think a lot of people are scared to be like, oh, can you touch me like, you know, exactly at 45 degrees on my clit in <laughs> semi-clockwise uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking of? What's the opposite of clockwise? Counterclockwise uh, circles. You know, a lot of people are like afraid to be too specific lest it seem high maintenance or something. And I think uh, a lot of people are much happier to receive uh, instructions that are specific rather than not because they might be feeling like they have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one's a question for you. This listener identifies as trans, FTM, and NB. And wanted to know if you have tips on masturbating while dealing with dysphoria. Uh, Yeah, I've done a lot of it. I don't know if I have tips. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I have a lot of experience that I can speak to. So I'm going to ramble until something hopefully useful comes out. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in in my experience, uh, when I'm feeling particularly dysphoric, there are a couple of routes that I can go to with masturbation. Um, either it's more of an escapist thing and I want to feel good and I want to feel orgasmic and maybe even a little sexy without really feeling attached to my body, um, Mm. or having to feel like it's a part of that, right? Um, I (laughs) experience my identity as separate from my body a lot of times, um, and want to experience pleasure in ways without engaging with it. So in those moments, I'll often pull out like a really high powered wand, Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, my magic wand rechargeable or, um, another vibe like that. And, um, what's great about those is either I can, like, just jerk off without really touching my own body, um, or oftentimes they're strong enough that I can use them while also having, like, gender expression gear on. So Mm -hmm. I might have my packer on with a jock strap and have a wand on behind it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, or even if because I'd rather have stuff in my front hole than my ass most times. If I'm packing and have a jock strap on, I can use my imagination, right? <laughs> um, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anatomy's weird. Bodies are weird. Um, <laughs> so that's great. And I can lean into, like, playing with my expression, gender expression gear and kind of creating my own reality in my head and do that. The other side of it is... Uh, if I'm feeling particularly dysphoric and want to feel more connected to my body and move myself out of that place, which honestly isn't always my goal. Like, something I've learned a lot is sometimes I just need to feel like shit for a little while. (laughs) And I'm just gonna let myself feel like shit for a little while, especially Mm -hmm. with quarantine. Like, I have depressive episodes that happen for a day or two every week and a half or so at this point. And I'm like, oh, today's depression day. Okay. (laughs) And I... And then the next day I get up and live my life, you know, like, I'm like, this is the cycle I'm in at this point. So sometimes I do just give myself place to be like, well, I feel dysphoric and shitty. So I guess I'm just going to feel that way today. Um, But on days when I want to claw myself out of that and do it does feel achievable for me, Mm -hmm. um, I can go to jerking off as a way to find my body sexy again as it is, right? You, I think it was you who mentioned to me that like the motion of using certain dildos, like maybe for example the pure wand, can be really similar to the motion of like jerking off a dick. And I was wondering if that's mm-hmm. something that helps you with dysphoria stuff. Yeah. So sometimes toys like the pure wand, um, I find that with like large wands because we talked about movement, right? So sometimes I will move that up and down, and because I'm moving the wand up and down, I'm basically jerking off the the handle of it. Right. Um, or I can even jerk off dildos and have the wand, like, shoved at the base mm-hmm. um, so that the wand is against my anatomy, but I'm still jerking off this toy that I've strapped on. Right. Um, and the WeVibe Rave is mm. a vibrator that, uh, if I'm using it externally, the angle of it is just, like, weirdly perfect for jerking off. <laughs> Um, but if I am trying to get more connected with my body, um, I can, I'll do things like that, but sometimes I'll also spend time online looking at people who look like me being sexy, Mm. um, you know, and seeing like, and just seeing a lot of that and just following a lot of trans guys online being hot online, um, 
is something that I always notice helps me feel sexier in my body. Uh, mm-hmm. Just even whether I'm like actively sitting down and looking at it, or I just have more of it in my feed and have been noticing it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it kind of passively helps to alleviate that and helps me feel more sexy. And then I, because I'm an exhibitionist, uh, sometimes I'll film shit or I'll jerk off in front of a mirror or something like that and actively look for moments, like actively eroticize my body. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a way that can help me feel a little more comfortable in it. Granted, that's hard mode. Like, <laughs> there is nothing wrong with the, <laughs> with everything else that I said in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, distancing from yourself and experiencing pleasure, because you deserve that, whether you feel sexy in that moment or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I need the other stuff. Yeah. I think uh, it's really helpful that you're you're sharing your experience, and I know that there are lots of other people sharing their experience, and I hope that this listener is able to find something that resonates with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next question is, would quitting masturbation help my sex life or improve my sex life? Um, and when I read this, I thought immediately of the NoFap community, um, <laughs> which is a largely Reddit-based, as I understand it, community of cis dudes I mean, maybe it's other groups too, but I see uh, entirely cis dudes on there um, who are under the impression that to masturbate is to spill their seed and to disperse their sexual energy and their masculinity in some way. And so um, for various reasons, they prefer not to masturbate or to go without masturbation for long periods of time. And they think that either it improves their sex life or it improves their day-to-day functioning. Um, And... uh, as per usual, my stance on this is like, hey, if it works for you and you like it, cool. I get a little yeah. bit worried when people are getting a little bit like propaganda-esque about it and they're like, this will fix certain things and because I, I think it's very, very personal. Uh, what is your take? Do you think quitting masturbation could improve someone's sex life? I mean, it's, I'm going to come back to the answer for if masturbation can, if like jerking off can improve your sex life, mm-hmm. which is depends on what making your sex life better looks like for you. Right. Um, I'm super into chastity. So yeah, not jerking off can make <laughs> my sex life way better. Um, That's <laughs> generally an important consideration. It's because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like generally it's because someone told me to do it. Right. Um, right. But like, I find it really fun to anticipate something and to have that long, slow build about something. Mm -hmm. So, sure, yeah, that can work for me. Um, But I don't think there is some, like, magic chemical that is going to (laughs) make testosterone. Testosterone is the magic chemical. I have some vials of it over there. It's not, it doesn't fix it. (laughs) It's not going to, it's not going to fix every problem. Right. Well, like so often these no fap guys will make the argument that if they don't jerk off, their testosterone levels will be higher or something. And first of all, I don't know scientifically if that's true, but even if that is true, uh, why would that automatically be a fully, completely good thing? I mean, I've seen with you going through your tea experience, like there are good things about testosterone and there are some things that are more challenging. Um, I think it's kind of disingenuous to say that it's a magical and 100% positive thing to have an increased level of it. Um, I but it also... just makes them more man. <laughs> it's just it's just man, and more man is always better, right? Obviously. 
You just you just need to turn up the man dial at all times. Yeah. Well, so, okay. My thing that I worry about when I hear people of any gender and any body type um, wanting to maybe give up masturbation is I worry about how it will influence their choices. And of course, like this isn't on me to decide. It's their life. Um, but I think about this friend of mine who I had in high school who um, didn't like masturbating. Like it just didn't do anything for her. Um, she didn't find it pleasurable or exciting or anything, and but she liked uh, sexual pleasure and she liked sex. Um, and so what I saw was that she would like pursue people who she like actually thought were kind of shitty, like kind of not up to her level of intellect or not as funny as she would like, or just like not even that attractive to her because she'd be like, well, I'm horny, so I need to, I need to get some dick. Um, and like... I'm really conflicted on that because, like, I fully appreciate, like, she, you know, was making choices, you know, and guiding her on sex life, and that's cool, and I'm happy for her, but at the same time, I'm like, if you had a way to masturbate that you enjoyed, like, maybe you wouldn't have to go through with these hookups that, like, then potentially maybe get messy. Like, if if the, like, kind of not very smart or not very funny guy who you fuck once because you're horny then, like, is into you and then you have to either, like, decide to date him, which you don't really want to do, or, like, let him down and maybe that's painful. You know, like, I don't know. I think it can get messy and I think, like, uh, having masturbation as a recourse when you're horny but don't want to, like, fuck with your social life in any way can be really useful. <laughs> Absolutely. The one place where I see potential value in doing this uh, and where it's often recommended is for people with penises who are experiencing what's called death grip syndrome, which is basically, mm-hmm. like, where you're you're jerking off either so much or with such a tight grip or just, like, in a very intense way such that your sensitivity has been diminished in much the same way that uh, can happen if you're using a vibrator. Um, there will be a temporary desensitization. But if it becomes habitual, uh, it can be hard for other simulation to feel as good or to get you off as effectively um, and so I think if if that is something you're struggling with, you can sort of do a soft reset on your your sexual response by taking a break from jerking off um, and rediscovering that sensitivity. Uh, and that it's seems like a tolerance to be... break, but for your dick. Exactly. <laughs> it seems to be pretty effective. And so that's like one of the only cases in which I would say, yeah, like, go ahead. Uh, aside from <laughs> consensual chastity play, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, I, for me, like many things, it just comes back to examining your reasoning. And if you're not doing something out of fear because it seems wrong and bad or out of shame, Uh maybe examine that and see if that's a feeling you want to hang on to. Mm -hmm. Good advice for pretty much any situation. Queers Next Door is a podcast hosted by sex coach Lee and Megan Ashley. We take the topics you care about, sex, feminism, kink, social justice, and entertainment, and look at them through a queer as fuck lens. We also talk honestly about self-care, mental health, and our experiences as polyamorous queers trying to date in Southern California. Listen, rate, review, and subscribe to Queers Next Door wherever podcasts are found. 
And follow us at Queers Next Door on all the socials. Cheers, Queers! Um, this next question is a roommate question. Oh, I've Ooh. had some, some bad roommates, so I, I love these roommate gossip questions. This person is wondering, how can I wash slash sanitize my sex toys regularly when I live with someone sex negative who I don't want to see my dildos? Um, I, folks, I lived with my parents until I was 25. I know this life. <laughs> And I should say, my parents are not sex negative, and I honestly feel like if they had caught me at any point with an armful of dildos, they both of them probably would have been like, uh, hey, how's it going? Like, I don't think that they would have made a big deal about it. But, I mean, there's a difference between how someone will react versus, like, whether you want to have that interaction. And I think it's very valid to not want to have that interaction. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, the first tip that's that's the one that I've used is fairly obvious, which is, like, pick your times wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listen. See if anybody's around. Um, another thing I used to do, if especially if I had a lot of toys to wash, is I would kind of, like, pull the bottom of my shirt up toward uh, my face so as to form, like, a little basket in my shirt area and just, like, put a bunch of toys in there. And it's like, yeah, you do look kind of weird. But at least uh, it's not immediately obvious that you have sex toys in there. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, I mean, depending on your roommates, like, depending on your housing situation, I don't know if this would look weird. But could you get, like, a little shower caddy or a little shower bag that you would, like, keep your shower stuff in and can mm. throw your toys in? Because mm. I don't know how big a toy or how many we're talking either, right? Yeah. Um. So, like, for me, I have a tiny, like, basically plastic garbage can uh, tucked in next to my bed that I throw used toys in. And then when I take a shower, I bring that with me into the bathroom, wash myself, wash my toys the next morning, and bring it all back into my room. Um, And the bin itself is plastic, so it all comes in the shower, the bin gets wiped down, the toys get wiped down, and it all goes back into my room. And it's relatively subtle. Like, my roommates don't give a shit. I met them at the sex shop we worked at. However, um, (laughs) they're going to be like, oh, shit, it's the outlaw. Hey, um, it's it's not going to be weird. Uh, However... Um, if you're in a situation where you want to be a little more subtle, just throwing a towel over the top of something like that, and it's just, you know, your shower caddy, say you want to save space in in the bathroom and, you know, keep your shampoo and stuff in there, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And you were talking about choosing stuff wisely. If you're, like, boiling dildos or whatever, maybe you're nocturnal one night, or, like, you know your roommate's sleep schedule. My roommate is nocturnal, so my cleaning would happen at, you know, 9 a.m., Mm-hmm. Um, but what, whatever times you're like least likely to encounter these folks, you live with them. You've probably observed their their routines. Yeah, yeah. I think timing it to go with a shower is pretty great. I used to frequently mm-hmm. do that because, again, like my parents were chill, but I just really didn't want to even have that conversation at all. Yeah. So I would just, I would you know, bring them with me surreptitiously when taking a shower. I also think, like, something I've done, which is not strictly amazing as far as hygiene goes, but if you need kind of a stopgap measure, like your dildo's dirty, but your roommate is cooking in the kitchen, but you want to use the dildo again right now, um, either you can put a condom over it or you can use, like, a sex toy wipe 
um, to kind of like get the surface level stuff off it. It's not going to clean it at like a sanitization level of cleaning. So if you're worried about infections or STIs or um, any of that stuff, like it probably is not going to be super effective for that, but it will get it a little bit cleaner. Uh, so for me, that's been effective when I just like actually could not get to the sink. Yeah, when I'm really not trying to leave my room, I will often um, just, I mean, put condoms over toys even before using them the first time and then take them off and wipe them Mm. down with uh, a baby wipe or something so that then mostly what I'm cleaning off is lube instead of, like, my body stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I'll use external toys through clothing, which, again, like, clothing is porous, right? I would not (laughs) use it through clothing and then use it with someone else that I'm not fluid bonded with or whatever. Like. Mm But if I'm getting off in, like, under five minutes with my wand through my sweatpants, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna feel super stressed about it if I do that again. Like, my body can only make so much cum in three minutes through sweatpants. (laughs) Like, there's not... (laughs) I'm very dehydrated, okay? (laughs) I have not been drinking water through this quarantine. (laughs) Not great. It's fine. Who's 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 gonna daddy the daddy? You know, there is. Okay, we are on a wild tangent, but there is a uh, clip uh, content creator who has a gif of a humiliation video that they've made about humiliating you into drinking water. <laughs> um. And I, I believe the gif is him saying, like, you raggedy dehydrated bitch or something. But every time it comes up, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna go get water. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it keeps coming up on my feed, and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> okay, so I got two different questions from listeners about people becoming bored with masturbation. Um, mm-hmm. One person was asking, is it, is it a cause for concern if I've lost interest in masturbating? And another person said, what can I do if masturbation has become boring and tedious? Um, and I have some PSAs right off the top on these ones. First of all, we're in a pandemic, so you're going to have weird reactions to shit. If sex slash masturbation slash sexual pleasure has, like, dropped off your radar, it's probably because of the pandemic. Like, it's okay. It's really okay. Um you don't have to worry that you're like ruined forever or that something is amiss because like you're you're probably having just like a normal reaction to this global trauma we're all going through um but to answer the first question is it cause for concern if i've lost interest in masturbating um generally outside of pandemic situation um the one thing that this raised for me was like it can actually be a symptom of depression if you've suddenly lost or not even suddenly but like if you find that you've lost interest in something that previously gave you pleasure or joy Um, So that's worth considering if you want to, like, see a doctor, maybe get medicated for depression, if that turns out to be what it is, um, that could be a red flag for that. Yeah, I would would second what you're saying. This is a pandemic. Everything is boring right now. Um, (laughs) I don't think... And I, I mean, this is something I've noticed even in myself, um, but I'm sure it's true for a lot of other people. If I'm not intellectually stimulated, if I'm not interested in things, curious about things, like, excited and engaging with the world, I'm not going to be interested and curious about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's just, like... As my interest levels drop in things, that drops too. So, like, if you're bored all day and watching the same Netflix things all day and stuck in the same room or house all day, 
yeah, it's not surprising that you're not like feeling sexy. Like that that'll happen. Yeah. Um and uh but outside of this context, yeah, I, I would second what you said about depression and also like just different hormone imbalances. If any huge change in your sexuality, I would say look into, right? If you find yourself mm-hmm. jerking off way more often than usual and you know, I would encourage you to think about it for a second and say, hey, I wonder what's going on here. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's, you know, your response to an emotional thing that's happening. Maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe hormones, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's absolutely a thing. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of educators, given the question of, like, how do I make masturbation more exciting, less boring? I think a lot of them would throw out a lot of tips about spicing things up, etc., which, like, we went into a little bit last week, but... I also think it's important to provide the perspective that, like, if you're just not jazzed about jerking off at any time, like, you don't have to. Um, I think, like, especially people who work in sex media like we do, or especially people who, like, view their sexuality as really core to their identity in some way will tend to be like, oh, no, my sex drive is gone. Like, what is happening? Like, I am changing as a person. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's just a pretty normal, like, ebb and flow that happens. And um, if you don't feel like jerking off, you actually don't have to jerk off. Like, you can actually just go do something that you find more interesting. And I always find, like, you know, I've occasionally taken a break from jerking off, maybe when I went through a breakup or something or was just having Mm -hmm. a depressive spell where I just, like, wasn't excited about it. I kind of forgot about it. Um, But then there always, for me, comes a time when I'm, like, just scrolling through something online and I see something that like ignites some spark of desire somewhere in me or arousal or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Time for that again. (laughs) Um, and uh, you know, I, I really don't think that you need to like force yourself to be into masturbating if you're just not feeling it. Yeah. And if, if it's not feeling approachable, but you want it to, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to want to do it, which yeah. I think is a feeling that a lot of us can be familiar with, um, I'd encourage you to explore new ways to feel sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the things that masturbation usually does for you are there, you know, can for me, it's turn it into a game, right? All right, I don't want to jerk off. You know, I want to, I want to come, but like... God, that all feels like so much work. Let's see if I could do it in under three minutes, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or, again, I'm an exhibitionist, right? So a lot of, like, my sexuality during this quarantine has happened on camera because that felt fun and creatively stimulating Mm -hmm. in addition to sexy in a way that, like, just getting off on my own, I was like, nah, I mean, it's aight, I guess. Like, I could do that again. Yeah. but being able to also explore, well, what does this look like? And what, what you know, how do I want to be seen and who might be watching it? Added layers to it that made it more interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's using another toy or maybe if you're kinky, which odds are if you're listening to the show. Um, <laughs> Welcome. Maybe you take that time that you would have spent masturbating and turn it into a solo kink practice, right? Maybe you're journaling about what submission means to you, or maybe you're, you know, starting a kinky book club and reading some of the really great books out there um, Mm -hmm. by kinksters on some niche topic that you find interesting, right? Maybe you reallocate that time to something that 
still feeds your desire to either feel sexy or feel like a sexual being or further your own kink practices, Mm -hmm. that doesn't look like shoving your hand down your pants in the way that you normally might. That's so good. And I like that because that's sort of like finding a roundabout route to something that you're used to just getting to through your Mm -hmm. normal route. And I think that that's really important uh, in this case in particular. And um, I'm reading a book right now that uh, I got an advanced copy of it. It's not out yet, but it's called Fallacy with a PH. And it's about like the history of the evolution of penises. So it goes mm. into like stuff about animal dicks as well as like how the human dick like ev- evolved over time to be how it is. And uh, I fully was just like, this is just going to be interesting information for me. And then like two or three, well, probably more than that, several times now I've been reading this book and be like, well, I'm suddenly turned on. That's weird. Um, And I had to sort of resist the temptation to judge myself for that and just kind of like accept that that was a nice gift. Uh, And I think especially during pandemic times, like if you find yourself getting turned on by weird things, um, it's it's probably okay. (laughs) Yeah. And just like lean into like, I think what's interesting about that is because in addition to talking about sexy things, I think that book was really stoking your curiosity, Mm -hmm. which is something I've been reading a lot about lately because it's something I'm finding lacking when, you know, my (laughs) environments have drastically decreased. Mm -hmm. Finding it really hard to find things to be curious about, which is, leading to bouts of depression and all kinds of things. Uh, So I've been reading up a lot on that. And I think what is so helpful about, like, all right, if you don't want to sit down and say, I'm going to have an orgasm, but maybe take into a practice of exploring sexuality in another way, Mm -hmm. you're engaging all of those curiosity mechanisms in your brain and encouraging your brain to want to seek out more knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we find uh, studies show theoretically, and I'm going to butcher this, but uh, (laughs) that there is a sweet spot of not knowing. If you know nothing about a topic, you're not going to be curious about it. And if you Mm -hmm. feel like you know a lot about it, you may not be particularly curious about it. But if you know just enough to understand all of the things you don't know, you're Mm going to be more drawn to it. (laughs) So if you are able to find that sweet spot of knowledge about something that you find sexy or kinky, you can activate that part of your brain that is going to be drawn to want to think about it more and want to learn more. And uh, we found that it is like a really positive experience to be curious about good things. Mm. You're so smart. (laughs) I'm a nerd. (laughs) I appreciate you. Oh. Okay. Um, This next question... Any tips for making vaginal penetration more comfortable other than just ad lube? And I found this so interesting because I agree with the the implication <laughs> of the question, which is I think uh, like ad lube, obviously very important. It mm-hmm. often is the source of discomfort in my experience, but not always. Um, you know, there are other there's like vaginismus and various other reasons why uh, penetration might not feel that good and like even for me as a person who does not have vaginismus and who like can often take very large objects there are days when I just don't feel like it my, my vag is just like nope um mm-hmm. where where even lube doesn't really solve the issue um and I would say my number one tip for this is like turn yourself on in other ways for longer than you think you need to 
Um, Mm -hmm. I've found, especially as I've been getting older, like I used to want to incorporate penetration either basically from the beginning or from when I was like about 30% of the way to orgasm. And these days, like I'm fine leaving it until like 80 to 90% of the way to orgasm and just doing clitoral stimulation until then or reading erotica or watching porn, etc. until then. Um, which like doesn't fit very well with the cultural model of like how penetration is quote unquote supposed to fit into the sex life of people with vulvas. But like, uh, there are many days when penetration just doesn't feel good to me until I get to that point. And like, I want it to feel good when I do it. I don't want it to feel like I'm just doing it to do it. So yeah, you can wait longer. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely encourage that. Maybe starting with something smaller that has mm-hmm. more warm up, um, but definitely waiting. Even if you, you know, hit that point where you're like, oh, penetration might feel good, and then make yourself count to fifty before you before you know fifty or hundred <laughs> before right. Make yourself wait for the thing mm-hmm. um, until it's something that like your body is really craving because part of the arousal process is literally is opening up of the vaginal canal like it's yep. quite literally going to get bigger there will be more room the more turned on you are yes um but you can also start with something smaller i know mm-hmm. you said not add lube uh but maybe change lube uh mm. so a lube that doesn't work well with your body you might have some like mild irritation that isn't comfortable um, or maybe it's not just not noticing. lasting long enough, in which case you right. need a different yeah. type of lube or to re-lubricate with some added water. Yeah, or the way I was talking earlier, like, I find I like a lot of padding, and um, for me, I think a part of that is that I use such large toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally really like the feeling of stretching, so I often use large toys with less warm-up, but it's not a particularly comfortable feeling. Um, But Mm -hmm. adding lube can. Uh, Adding a thicker lube can cushion that more. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also might be a matter of changing the toy materials you're working with, Mm. right? So different types of silicone are going to pull more against your skin. Um, They're going to have more friction. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas a glass toy will be firmer, so it won't give you as much cushion, but it'll be much smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, so experimenting with which which types of toys feel more comfortable for your body as well. Yeah, and I found if you have a toy that is made of silicone or just like the surface of it is kind of draggy for whatever reason, um, sometimes putting a condom on it can actually help with that because it smooths out the mm-hmm. surface a little bit. Uh, and condoms typically like kind of hold on to lube and take to lube better than like a silicone surface might. So that's worth considering. Um, You also might want to think about where are you placing the lube that you're using? Um, I think this is more so true for anal penetration than vaginal, but like um, lubricating the outside and the entrance is more important than you might think it is um, and not just the inside or vice versa. Um, So that's worth considering. And uh, if you want to do the gradual warm up thing, but you don't have a smaller toy than the one you're using, your fingers are very perfectly decent sex toys. Uh, and they're very easy to ramp up because you can just add additional ones as needed. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to finish with a question that is, uh, I've actually heard this a lot. Um, it seems to be very common. What can I do if I always feel guilty slash sad after I finish masturbating? I've also heard people say that this happens after orgasm in general, um, maybe with their, when they're with a partner. Um, 
First of all, I think it's important to know you're not alone in this experience. Um, orgasm is a lot physiologically, and that can have uh, unexpected emotional effects. Um, and so I think, like, it, it doesn't, th that knowledge doesn't help directly with the feelings, but, like, it can be helpful to know, like, oh, I feel sad, but it's okay that I'm feeling sad. It's just a thing my body is doing. Um, also, like, uh, aftercare, I think, is, like, really the big thing here so uh think of it like a kink scene even if it was like fully vanilla masturbation even if you're a fully vanilla person if this is a problem you deal with you might want to look to the kink concept of aftercare um things like you know uh stuffed animals or pets to cuddle drink a lot of water have a snack uh watch or listen to something funnier that makes you happy um text or call uh someone you like who makes you feel good you know that kind of thing yeah, I think for my own brain, it's really helpful to just kind of get into the biology a little bit of like, ah, there, you know, there, my brain went through all of these things. It makes sense that it tapers off for a second and like I might feel low for a second. Mm -hmm. uh, so if that was something I experienced, I would probably get really nerdy with the like neurological chemicals going on there because that's a thing that helps to remind myself. But uh, I'm also going to come back again to taking that moment to interrogate why you feel that way, mm -hmm. right? Is, is this sadness just like a random melancholy that just comes across and does feel really chemical? Because I do have feelings that like, you know, sometimes subspace where I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to be down for a minute. I just used all my feel-good chemicals mm -hmm. and my body's got to make some new ones. <laughs> um, and there are other times where you might examine it and say, oh, I don't just feel this, like, general, like, sad fe sad feeling. I feel like I'm bad or, like, I've done something wrong or I should be ashamed of this or, mm -hmm. you, know, I, you know, I'm dirty or I'm weak for succumbing to this or whatever. And if you're finding a lot of those feelings coming up, if you're feeling, um, like, that orgasm somehow was wrong... Mm -hmm. um, Again, interrogate maybe where those feelings came from. Is that something that had to do with your upbringing or all of the bullshit culture says around sexuality? And is that an opinion you really want to take forward? And deciding no, by the way, will not make it go away like magic. Mm -hmm. uh, surprisingly, you yeah. can decide that that's not a thing you want to continue to believe or pour emotional energy into and like your brain has those pathways they're a little bit ingrained and it's going to take a while to train yourself out of those so you can you know decide hey this isn't the thing i believe this doesn't go in line with my morals or ethics right now i don't think i should feel bad for experiencing pleasure i think i deserve that um and it's not causing anyone harm and then you can go jerk off and feel like trash and sit there feeling like trash and eating ice cream and going, <laughs> I deserved that pleasure. And I, I'm going to feel bad right now, but it's I deserved it. <laughs> and, and just gradually keep reminding yourself of what you may know to be true and may not necessarily feel the first several times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> really good advice. I would also say, similarly, again, to aftercare practices, um, it it might not do to just 
keep it in your mind that if this happens again, you should do XYZ things. Because often when we have a sudden neurochemical sad state, uh, we forget all of our coping strategies. So mm-hmm. uh, it might be really important for you to make a list and put it in, a, in an accessible place of things that make you feel better when you're in that kind of mood, or even the things that you think might make you feel better. Um, and and just have that to refer to because we just behave vastly differently from what we might think of as like our authentic or most rational selves when we're in uh, a difficult emotional state. And, you know, that's a way that your, your current self can take care of your future self. Okay, that's it. Uh, hope y'all have had a happy masturbation month despite the circumstances. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. It's been delightful. Uh, I've been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. And the other podcast I co-host, which is currently on hiatus, but it's coming back, uh, possibly next month is called Question Box. Where is your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find all my writing at BexTalkSex.com, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BexTalkSex. Together, we're the Dildorks. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the Dildorks and at TheDildorks.com. You can also find us by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app. While you're there, rate and review us. Brings us up in the charts, makes us easier for other folks to find. And if you go to Patreon.com slash TheDildorks, you could toss a couple of bucks our way, help us keep doing what we're doing. Gives you access to our weekly hypotheticals where we discuss... Just bonkers questions while (laughs) absurdly high for funsies uh and have monthly live shows like this one thank you to everyone who came on out to listen to us tonight (laughs) i want to shout out some of our newer patreon patrons thank you so much to emerald sarah tom g merlin leslie randy k kitty lily todd jenna and michaela uh, and thank you so much to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, stay home if you can and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. Okay. Can you hear my cat losing her goddamn mind in the background? It sounds like uh, a wolf in heat. <laughs> She's literally, well, so she pooped and she yells after she poops. Um, so <laughs> I can only aspire to that level of confidence. <laughs> she literally runs in circles yelling. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> so that's what's happening right now. <laughs> can you imagine being not proud of it? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Just like everyone needs to know. Mm-hmm. I also think a regular and creative masturbatory process, practice, pros, practice is what I wanted. Let me do that again. Um, I'm sorry. A bird just landed on my window and is staring at me. Okay. <laughs> there's it not, wants dysphoria tips. <laughs> there's not a window sill. Like it was just clutched onto the... <laughs> like screen looking at me <laughs> i saw a bird do that too the other day and now i'm wondering if birds are feeling emboldened by the coronavirus <laughs> like am i in a zoo now are they like <laughs>